0: Do you understand the meaning of being free in Christ and the freedom that Christ gives us? And do you really and fully understand what that means for you and your business? I've been serving Christian women who own businesses for a good four years now, or just less, and a common theme or topic or point of confusion that keeps coming up for people is, one, the subjects of tithing and um, whether we should tithe, whether it should be before tax, after tax, before GST, after GST, and all this kind of questions um, come up. And then the other thing that I get sent and asked questions about is, SJ, how come I keep tithing and yet I'm seeing no fruits come from what I've tithed? I don't want to touch uh, predominantly on the subject of tithing or giving today. What I do want to point you to instead is the freedom in Christ and how Paul talks in many of his scriptures that he's written, many of the scriptures that he's written in the Bible, in the New Testament, of what it means to have that freedom in Christ and I believe that Once you understand that and get the revelation of that, that you will no longer be worried about what you tithe or what you give. You will no longer be worried about if you're giving enough or not giving enough. (laughs) And you'll also be able to run your business from a complete place of peace. That complete Holy Spirit peace that the scriptures talk about, you don't actually need to worry about that stuff. And it is important to give and hear me right when I say that a generous heart is an amazing heart. Please hear this from where I'm getting. And I am probably going to upset people when I get into this because I've also learned that it doesn't matter what I say, I will always upset someone or say as if it's the wrong thing. So please know that it's my intention just to bring you awareness to scripture, I am happy to rattle the cage a bit if it gets people asking questions, if it gets you into the Bible and looking at God's heart and the way that the kingdom works, because it is so empowering, it's so freeing, and I believe that there's a lot of lies out there that are keeping business owners captive that's not allowing them to build their businesses in the freedom of God, knowing that there is no condemnation, knowing that you have the most gracious Father. Um, yes, there will be a time of judgment, but at the same time, uh, your sins are forgotten. Not that I'm saying that anyone's sinning, even though we are sinners, but hear me right, just that you will begin to understand that God is such a bigger God, and his love for you is so much bigger than the money that you make in your business. His love is so much bigger than what you do on this earth. His plan is so much bigger than we can even begin to imagine. That he was with Jesus at the beginning of time, like We can't even begin to get our heads around that and that Abraham knew Jesus and Abraham was shown as the father and how he gave birth to a son and he gave birth to two sons, one that led to death, one that led to life. Like the depths of God and his word and the truth Are unbelievable, and unless we take them seriously, and unless we get to really know the heart of the God, which you can do, which I'm gonna sound like a robot, but literally from reading scriptures and asking the Holy Spirit to opening your eyes to the hidden secrets of his kingdom, your mind will be absolutely blown, and you will be thinking, Why am I even worried about such thing as this? when God is so much bigger than that and he looks at your heart. So I would love to be able to share some scriptures with you today that I hope you will spend some time and go over yourself and get your own revelation from God. Know that no matter what I say, Always take it back to God, always go and look at the scriptures yourself, always go and ask yourself the question, no matter who shares stuff with you, what does God say about this and ask God to give you the revelation of it because it's important that we get into the habit of seeking God ourselves and not always relying on people. So even though I want to empower you, I want to share with you the revelation that I have um, It's still so important for you to take that time to go and look at it yourself. So, in the show notes of this podcast, I have put the Bible verses that we will be going through. There is a few. And when we look at um, scripture, we can't just look at a single verse and go and put what we think the meaning of that verse is. The way to look at scripture is you need to look at the whole chapter and know the context of where each word is coming from. Because one chapter leads on to another chapter, which relates back to the Old Testament, which relates back to the New Testament. So how God has the Bible worked out is it's all intertwined, right? One thing leads from another thing, leads to another thing, leads to another thing. So when there's discussions about tithing, about giving, about law, Always be looking at when you get these scriptures, uh, get these verses, be going back and looking into the whole chapter. I can't tell you how many times people have come to me and says, SJ, this verse says this. How can you say this, 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 and this, or what's your opinion of this? And each time I give the same answer back and I ask them to look at the whole chapter. Don't give me the verse, tell me what that whole chapter says. Because taking a verse out of context gives it a completely different meaning to what God could be meaning from it in the first place. And I think once we get into the habit of doing that, then we begin to see, again, the Bible in a whole other light. So some great chapters for us to understand the freedom in Christ and in our business. And I've given you a context behind where I'm coming from with this, because Every time I receive a message like, SJ, why am I not being blessed? It absolutely breaks my heart. And I get them. I get them fairly regularly. And I believe it's a lie that business owners should feel this way and do feel this way. And it's from what, it is from what, unfortunately, some teachers in the church have been teaching and preaching that has got people confused it's um, I guess stopped business owners from thinking that they're doing a good job and the right thing because they're unsure about what they should give and they're not in that freedom of what we have inherited Um, and so the in one way I would like to give everyone like who says that to me A big shake because I'm just like, oh my gosh, no! Like that's not what this is about. There's just so much more because God's love is so much more than than that. And so I hope I can bring some truth to you. Like I said, go back into every verse and chapter that I share with you today. Look at it as a whole, not just the verse, but the whole chapter, and put into perspective. And if you don't understand when you're reading, ask the Holy Spirit. It it is his job to show you the light. It is his job to remind you of things that you already know. And it's his job to share with you the truth, to bring wisdom, to bring knowledge. And it's okay for us to ask. It's okay to come with confidence to ask God about the scriptures and for the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom. So if you ever do read the word and you are confused ask the holy spirit ask jesus to show you what it means he might not give you an answer straight away but he will give you an answer and it might be in a month's time it might be in six months time but an answer will come and it will come in a way of a revelation where you go oh my gosh like how did i not see this in the first place and i know that because i've been there myself I've been there myself and every day I just get blown away when I read the scriptures of the depth of God and his love and come into a place that I do have to keep relearning and do have to keep being reminded that it's my faith that matters and that it's my love for God that matters. It's not necessarily about how much I give in my business. It's not about how much I make in my business. Yes, have a generous heart. God tells us to have a generous heart. But my business is not determined by how much I think I should tithe each week. It's determined on so much more than that. And that includes my whole life as well. And people have said, Um, You know, I can't come under you because you're going to stop people getting their blessings. But they're not the ones receiving the emails from people going, SJ, I'm tithing, I'm tithing, I'm tithing, and my business is not going anywhere. Um, Like mine financially going under, yada, yada, yada. And it weighs really heavily on my heart. And I know it's not for me to take on. But the reason it weighs heavily is because one, I want to know that I'm telling you the right thing. So when I get those messages, I want to make sure that I'm replying with the right answers that come from God. I want to make sure that I'm sharing truth. I want to make sure that I'm not condemning but bringing freedom. Um, And so with that context in in the background, and so you know where I'm coming from in this, um, we'll move on to the chapters. So that was the introduction. (laughs) And now we're going to get on to understanding the freedom that we get from Christ and what He's done to us. Now, there's a few different chapters that we're going to go through, some are long, some are short, some we're going to double up, but they all are all intertwined and um they come from Paul. Paul is just has a way with words. Like how he puts words together just blows my mind and Everything that he went through when he was writing these scriptures just blows my mind. The way he articulates, the way that, it's just amazing. So the first chapter that we're going to go to is Romans 8. And the title for it in the NIV, and I'm just going to be reading out the NIV, I strongly recommend that you look at um, King James Version in your own time, but just for the ease of understanding the English. Um, I'm going to go with NIV. So therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous equi- righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Not those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. I hope I said that right then. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. For those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, and when Paul is talking to you, this is, all of us, right? All of us who have accepted Jesus Christ. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if any of you does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even you through your body is subject to death because of sin The spirit gives life because of righteousness. And righteousness in this context means faith. So um, the the spirit of life because of faith, if you read it in that kind of context. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. But that you live, so that you live in fear again. Again, the fear that I see in in the business owners when they come to me and when I see members ask in our community as well, it's from that place of fear. We no longer live in that fear. Paul's telling us the spirit you receive does not make you slaves. You are no longer slaves. You do not have to live in that spirit again. And so it goes on, rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Even if we don't believe it, even if our faith is failing us, the spirit himself Right. The Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are hairs, heirs of God and co-hairs with Christ. If we indeed share this, his suffering in order that we may also share his glory. And then it goes on. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that has been revealed to us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by his own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so but we ourselves, who are in who have the first fruits of the spirit, groan inwardly as we eagerly await for adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For this hope we were saved. But hope that has seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But we have but we hope for what we do not have yet, and we wait patiently. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through our wilderness groans. So I think here Paul is even saying to us, we don't even know what we already have. Why are we hoping for something of what we already have, which is being cohors and the inheritance to the kingdom? We have that freedom already. We don't need to groan for it. We don't need to ask for it. We have it. We can ask for the revelation of it uh, and, and ask God for that revelation of what what does that mean, God? And in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. So God okay in Jesus who searches our hearts because that's what God looks for the heart knows the mind of the spirit um, which is God God knows the Holy Spirit knows God's mind right because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God the spirit knows the will of God because it's he knows the heart of God and he is God and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also presented to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he pre I don't know what that word is, sorry folks, <laughs> he also called those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. And then it leads on What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how he not also, along with him, graciously gave us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. <laughs> no one. You shouldn't be feeling the condemnation. Jesus Christ, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is the right hand is at the right hand of God, who is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, even the present or the future, or any powers, neither high, high depths or anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love that God is in, Jesus Christ our Lord. So I know that was a long verse, <laughs> but... Here, Paul is just gushing out his heart of what has been revealed to us that we are no longer in bondage or decay, but we have that freedom. So go and have a look at Romans 8. It's no longer about what we can give God. It's not about what we hope for. It's about what we've already been given, right? What we've already been given. So the next um, verses I've got, Galatians has been one I've been studying recently. And it's, again, it's absolutely blown my mind. Again, Paul's words, his graciousness in how he articulates is just amazing. So let's have a look at Galatians. No, we'll look at Ephesians 2 first, and then we'll move on to Galatians. So made alive in Christ. As for you, you were dead in transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them that once time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in transgression. It is by the grace you have been saved and the God raised up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Jesus Christ in order that in the coming ages he might show us the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not from yourselves. It is not the it is the gift of God, not by works so that one can boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Jesus Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so when I read this, I gain so much freedom from knowing that everything that God has given us is a gift and it's not something that by works of giving a tithe or by giving this or by giving that. Sure, God loves worship. He loves worship through work. I get that. But know what you have in Christ. You don't have to do anything. You have it. It is yours. And you can work in freedom in that. And what that means is you no longer have to boast about, yes, I tithe. No, I don't. Yes, I give. No, I don't. And that's be, and it's because I've given that God's given me. God is so much more than that. God gives so much more freedom than that. Freedom by, we don't have to do anything. We've already got. And then Paul goes on to say, Therefore, remember, that formerly, you who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who themselves, the circumcision, which was done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separated from Christ. So this is talking about the, before Christ came, that they would circumcise each other, right? Exclusion from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now Christ, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Again, It's no longer about circumcised and uncircumcised. No matter if we're Jew or non-Jew, we all have that. We're no longer foreigners. We have the chance to experience that because of the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by sitting aside in, setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and re- regulations. His purpose was to create in himself a new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and the one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death in their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we will both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also a member of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone, in him the whole body is joined together and raised to become a holy temple of the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. Wow! So much, so much in that chapter. And then we move on to Galatians 4: sun and hairs. I mean, God just keeps blowing my mind. And if you're still with me, which I hope you all are, then prepare to have your mind blown even more. Now, Again, I have written these verses in the show notes if you want to go off and read them yourself. I know that we get that, okay, God's sent his son, he died for our sins and we're born again. I get that a lot of people get that. Now it's time to understand it on a deeper level and what that freedom means, right? What the freedom in God means. So Galatians 4, I mean that the hairs. The hare, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything, but he has undergone guardians, managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. If a son, then an heir through God. So you are no longer born under law. We are, we have been adopted as sons, um, doesn't matter if you're a woman or not. You have been adopted as sons. And God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. So leading on from verse 8. formerly, when did you know God? When you were enslaved to those by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather be known by God, how can you turn your back to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? Those slaves you want to become once more. You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I may have labored to you, labored over you in vain. Brothers, I entreat you, become as I am, for I have become as you are. You did me no wrong. You know it was because of bodily alignment that I preached the gospel to you at first and soon my condition was trial to you you did not scorn or despise me but received me as an angel of God as Jesus Christ what then has become of your blessedness for I testify to you if possible you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me I have then become your enemy by telling you the truth this is Paul speaking to them. And saying, how have I become your enemy? By sharing with you truth, right? They make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out that you may make much of them. It is always good to be much more of a good purpose than not only when I am present with you, my little children, for whom I am again against anguish of childbirth until Christ was formed in you. I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone for I am uh, perplexed about you. Okay, this is the bit that really blows my mind, right? Tell me, you who under the law do not listen to the law, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now this may be interpreted (laughs) allegorically. Those women are two covenants. One from Mount Sinai, bearing children of slavery, she is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai of Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother, for it is written, O Joyce, O brown Brownron, who does not bear, break forth and cry aloud, you are not in labor. Are you not in labor? For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband." Now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of the promise. But just at that time, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. So, also as it is now, but... What does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son. For the son of slave woman shall not inherit the son of the free woman. So brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. And this is why we have to read Galatians 4 and 5, because they're intertwined. And even more so, all of it's intertwined. But just to put into perspective of what Paul says, now again into Galatians 5. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Look, I Paul say to you: If you ex- if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. <clears throat> you are saved. You are served from Christ. You who will be justified by law, you have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly await for the hope of righteous. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision counts for anything; only faith working through love. I say again, only faith working through love. You were running well. You hindered. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you, a little leavens the whole lamp. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I being prosecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettled you would escalate themselves. So Paul's getting angry that whoever's put confusion into these people's hearts that they would be judged and that they would be cross that they would God would deal with them because he wants people to understand what that freedom is that it's no longer about law it's no longer about works it's no longer about the law of the flesh and what Moses did. It's about what Christ has done and what about you already have. You were called to freedom, brothers. Sorry we're from verse thirteen. Only do only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. So the whole law was fulfilled in one word you shall love your neighbour as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, which out that you are not consumed by any other. Keep in step in the spirit. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by spirit, you are not under law. You are not under the law. You are not under the law. (laughs) Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, adultery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things alike. I warn you, as I warned you before that those who do such things do not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, fulfillness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So, I'm not saying that we're all going around doing orgies and stuff like that. But what Paul is telling us here is to live and walk by the Spirit, walk by that faith, walk in that freedom that God has given you. And we're going to move on to Acts 13. This is just so powerful. Like, if you can just spend some time just going through these and really understanding the whole chapters and what Paul's saying, the freedom that you get from just understanding who God is, who the Holy Spirit is and how things work now and that you don't give to receive because you've already received, right? We don't need to do anything apart from just have faith that God is who God says he is and have that love. That's it, so simple. And if we can do that through our businesses, and be that in tune with the spirit, we'll know when to give, right? We'll know when to do. We'll know when to take the next move. We won't feel punished by thinking we're not doing the right thing by God. Um, Another thing that comes up is fear of doing the wrong thing by God. And I know I feel it myself. I want to make sure, especially running Christian women in business, that I'm doing the right thing by God, that I'm sharing the truth of God. And I know other people have that heart too. But we know that God's gracious and we know that even if things do go belly up, he's going to turn them into good for his glory. So really we don't have to worry. We know that even if we do make a mistake, God's going to use it for his good. Now I'm not saying that and I don't have to worry as in not being a good steward kind of way. I just mean that we don't need to have that fear Now, instead of going through the whole of Acts 13, um, I encourage you to go around 36. So I'm just going to start from 36, but again, look through the whole chapter. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man's forgiveness, man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything of which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, least what is said in the prophets should come about. Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I'm doing the work in your days, a work that you will not believe even if someone tells you. As they went out, people begged that these things might be told from them next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devoted converts of Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue the grace of God. And then finally, we're going to move to Romans 13. Again, you go and read the whole chapter, just for the sake of this podcast and time, I'm going to read from verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding except continuing debt for the love of one another, for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, adultery you shall not commit murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commands there may be are summed up into this one command, love your neighbours as you love yourself. Love does not harm a neighbour, therefore love is the fulfilment of the law. So I want to leave you with that today. Don't take what I've said. Go and read it yourself. Go and get your own revelation from God. But know, please know that you have freedom in God. You have freedom to learn. You have freedom to love. You have freedom to be kind to yourself. You have freedom in your business to be kind to yourself. You have freedom to be kind to yourself with money, with giving, with marketing, with serving your customers, right? God is so much bigger. God is so much bigger. And he has such a big, amazing plan. And know that you already have that inheritance and freedom and riches of God. That means everything that belongs to God belongs to you. You don't need to worry about money anymore. Not in the way of, I don't need to not have it because the way the world works is with money. I mean that in the way that God will make sure you have everything that you need to do what he's asked you to do. You've already inherited it. So don't be troubled. You are doing an amazing job. You can run your business in that freedom of the spirit of honing in and spending time with the Holy Spirit, getting to know Him better, asking Him questions, asking Him questions about the verses we've gone through today. Ask Him to share that godly wisdom and knowledge with you. Ask Him to confirm it. You have freedom to ask questions. How amazing is that? You have the freedom to ask questions. And if this podcast today has made you ask more questions That is a good thing. Go and find the answers. Be empowered to go and find the truth. It's yours to have, it's yours to know, and it's yours to have freedom in. I'm SJ. You're listening to the Christian Women in Business podcast. We'll catch you next time. The Christian Women in Business podcast is sponsored by Performance PA, Virtual Business Assistant. Virtual PA lets you focus on what you do best in your business, and you can let Performance PA Take care of the rest.